as Advent Calendar Day 11. So it's going to be a non-fiction one for today. And the non-fiction book I have chosen is City, a guidebook for the urban age by P.D. Smith. I am continually fascinated by cities um, and a lot of role-playing games happen in cities and I think it's interesting to see the way cities work. Ages ago I wrote a uh, sort of a system agnostic system for keeping track of cities that didn't involve that didn't involve mapping out every last detail. So historically, um, I think that one of the one of the most famous cities in the history of White Dwarf, I think it was Irillion. Pronounce that right? I've got the best of White Dwarf scenarios three, and it's got this six parter about Irillion the city, which is fantastic. Um, but it's like a floor plan, and it's laid out. You can't get a good sense of what the city is about when you have that much information. And that's the, that's the problem. Um, I've talked before about knowledge management and uh, working memory. And working memory is like um, you can't keep more than seven things in your head at any one time. There's like fast memory and slow memory. I can't remember the actual psychological definitions, but it's like um, it's like seven plus or minus two. Uh, for like a li- uh, being able to see an entire list of things, um, once you get past that, you have to uh, bank some of that information into um, slow memory. There are ways that you can manage larger sets, like subitizing, and that's that's like sort of you you chop it into chunks, and then you can view each chunks. Each chunk is going to be sort of four or less, and that's easier to see. And of course, you know, writing things down and making lists with headings and that sort of thing. Um, I'm a big fan of field notes notebooks. And what their strap line is, I'm not writing it down to remember it later. I'm writing it down to remember it now. So going back to uh, the city diagram thing, called I call it city accelerator. It's gone through a number of different phases but the um the issue with say something like Irelian is that you have that you have information overload now i said before on recent podcasts i think i said it on the frankenstein podcast but i think i might have said it on one of these as well um i like emergent setting partly because watch the the setting that matters should be the one where the pcs are not the one that is miles away that they'll never encounter. And the problem I have with established settings is unless you are a massive fan and then you're enjoying walking through Middle Earth or wherever because you have a deep relationship with that fandom, um, there's a whole load of overhead to take on. And uh, it is, I find that distracting. Now, if you have a good scenario, which not only sort of drip feeds in the fandom, but also focuses all the players on the actual scenario as a self-contained thing in that they don't need the external knowledge in order to negotiate whatever the scenario is about that's good i've played in games where uh, i've known nothing of the fandom and the gm has been very good at um keeping the focus on the scenario um and now i've played in dreadful ones where the GM has made assumptions about how much I knew about the fandom, which at the time was nothing. So when I come back to things like the knowledge management and the way that cities are presented, what I did with the city accelerator was I devised a a way that you you define the city by locations and districts, and you basically just have a bunch of index cards. 
and your index cards are for locations and then you can make them into stacks which are about districts. So the index cards have tags for that particular place. It might be sort of underground or close in or it might be busy or it might smell of fish or whatever. Um, or it might be commercial, it might be residential. And then you have uh, the sort of district level tags which apply to everything beneath it in the stack. And by that you can kind of organise your city as it were. And um, I think a lot of this was influenced by games like Thief, the Dark Project. And Thief presents the city, there isn't any name to it. And you, uh, in the first couple of games, there was no open world system. You didn't travel to different locations. What you did was you had missions which were set in a particular portion of the city. And your briefing would have said, well, this area is going to be full of rich folks this area is going to be lost and abandoned and dangerous and that sort of thing and I thought well that is exactly what you want in a role-playing game you you want those triggers for uh, you want sort of short descriptions that all the players can get a hang of and say okay I know exactly where we are I know exactly what the risks are and I know whether or not my character fits into this social or physical situation before I thought about the city building thing, I'd also run a game called Glory, which was all about a sort of city at the end of the world, and, and it was organised into districts and stuff. Um, there's a lot more going on than just the the fact that it was a city and an apocalypse. There were like five war families and stuff like that. But writing that game made me interested in cities and thinking, well, how can I present it so that I say everyone is in this place and the party immediately get it just like that? And I thought, well, what you need is a system of keywords. You need um, a sort of a very broad brush statement that's player facing that says this is the environment you're playing in. The other thing I, the other thing about the city accelerator was um, I tied it into character generation, or I thought of ways to do that. In that, you say you know, your character has a skill that's burglary, so you say you tie that into the location of their first burglary, and you use that, and that becomes a player facing thing on the table for the city. And you're very clear that the, the game happens within the city. Um, things might be happening outside the city, but the game is here in the city. And all of these player-contributed locations, we know their locations in the city. And we might encounter them at some point, or they might just be somewhere else. But the idea was they gave a, gave a sense of shared ownership to the whole table about, this is our city... And these bits are the bits that your characters have specifically contributed to and that your lives have touched on. And I'm fairly proud of that idea. I mean, I, I, I'm sure I'm not the only person who's had that sort of idea, but I'm fairly proud of it. Now, I've probably got a, at least halfway through the discussion without talking about the book. So why am I choosing this non-fiction book? City, a guidebook for the urban age by P.D. Smith. Well, I've got a number of books on cities. Uh, I've got The City Shaped and The City Assembled by Spyro Kostov. That, those are very heavy, and they go into interesting things like sort of, you know, grid organisation of cities and how they propagate and that sort of thing. But those are, those are academic texts. This one is much more, um, you know, non-fiction for popular consumption. And uh, as such, it's, it's way more accessible easy to dip into, lots of really interesting stuff. But one of the things that's really good about it is the way that it has been uh, organised in the chapters. And uh, the chapters are, you know, it starts with arrival. What's the city like when you arrive at it? The history. 
Then chapter three is customs, which include writing and street language, um, carnivals, and also God, um, religion, whatever. And then there's stuff on where to stay. There's a next chapter. The next chapter is where to stay. So it's like, if you are a tourist, where would you live? But I guess the the uh, implication is also, if you live there, where do you live? Chapter five is getting around. So it's all about how people move between parts of the city. Um, and it also includes not only um, horizontal movement, but vertical. So going underground and, and going up skyscrapers. Then there's a chapter on money and markets, commerce, um, and that includes also crime. And then there are other things which are to do with how the populace is entertained in the city. And then it also talks beyond the city in the final chapter. Um, and there are lots of really interesting things, such as it talks about the points getting into and getting out of the city, which which was one of the things I, I sort of built into the, the city accelerator when I read this. It was like, well, you've got to... You don't just enter the city at any point. You enter at specific points. So a location might be a gate or a location might be a train station. And that's important because those are going to be the first places that anyone sees when they enter the city. And that's... So you, if you want to present an experience of a city, either whether your characters are visitors or if they're actually natives. This was how my brain was working when I designed these, when I designed the tool. Um, but I do thoroughly recommend this book as a sort of giving a really nice overview of cities. And it, it talks about interesting things like roads and cities where there are no roads or streets, where you just have basically one block of buildings where you enter via the top. I mean, that that's that just blew my mind when I read it. It's like the idea about you know you that your city is just a monoblock, and in order to get in, you have to scale the outside wall and then come in through the roof. Anyway, uh, I'm going to close it now. Just open the next window on the advent calendar. Oh, it's a key. Hmm. Wonder what it unlocks. Okay, speech later. Fixoplasm podcast. Words by Ralph Lovegrove. Music by Chris Zabriskie. Find out more at fixoplasm.net. Mm-hmm.